Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it will will get you though for just 20 bucks a month you can get unlimited talk text and plenty of 5g data from my sponsor and my cell phone company pure talk make the switch today and save an additional 50 percent off your first month choose a wireless company who shares our values go to puretalk.com slash jesse to switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries that's puretalk.com slash jesse If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. It's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco free. It's nicotine free. It's even sugar free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. This is the Jesse Kelly Show.
Let me ask you a question. Let's say there's a dude. This dude approaches another guy. Start talking about various business dealings with him. Becomes his friend. Good, good friend. They do some traveling around together, checking some stuff out. One day, the man who befriended him lures him into a home where he and a couple of his buddies execute him. Now, the dude who befriended the other guy and then executed him, would you consider that A bad dude or a good dude? We'll come back to that. Latvia. Let's discuss a country you probably don't know much about. And guess what? Welcome to the party. Here's what you need to know for today's purposes about Latvia. An Eastern European country. Think... Northwestern Russia. If Russia had an organ, it would be Latvia. That's about where she is. I realize that's a bit simplistic, but I'm a simple man. And some of the most undertold stories of World War II are the Eastern European nations and the absolute horror they went through. Uh, In my opinion, the most undertold story of World War II is the fighting in Italy. Nobody talks about the fighting in Italy ever, and it's some of the fiercest fighting in the entire war. Vicious mountain fighting, Nazis dug into the mountains, fighting them. It was just amazing. But number two on my list as far as underreported, Eastern European nations. Try to walk, try to wrap your mind around one day you are an independent nation, a free nation. The next day you are invaded by Joseph Stalin and the Soviet Union. And the next day after that, you're invaded by Adolf Hitler and the Nazis. That's not a horror movie. That's how it was for countries like Poland, who flat out got spit-roasted by the Nazis and the, and the Soviets. You remember that whole deal in the beginning? No, Poland didn't even get a say. Stalin and Hitler sat down, and they're like, well, I'll take the west part, and you take the east. Sounds good, Joe. And the things that happened to those people without a country and... And it got worse, you know, as the war went along. First, you're split up by the, by the Soviets and the Germans. Okay, this is not good. Then they're rounding up your Jews and they're massacring them. Then Germany's going to push its way through and now Germany owns the whole place. Okay, gosh, this, all right, that first we were split and now it's the Nazis. All the Jews are dying. Gay people are dying. Handicapped people are dying. This is not good. And then the Soviets turn around and throw the Germans out of Russia and go storming back through your lands. You want to know 
why Poland is the way it is today? And when I say that, I mean, do you want to know why when all of Europe decided it was going to take a bunch of refugees, Poland was all, ah, no, I'm good. And all of Europe had all those horrible terrorist attacks, and there was Poland without any. And the European Union's threatening Poland every other day. You better take some refugees and Poland's up. Nah, I'm, I'm actually okay. Thanks. That's, that's going to be a no for me. You're welcome to, to, though, France. Let me know how it works out, okay? That's why Poland of today's shaped by that time. Latvia... Obviously, a much smaller country, not as an important, important, such a a jerk way to put it. Not as important as Poland. On the world stage, not as important as Poland. I mean, somebody out there listening right now undoubtedly has never even heard of Latvia. You thought it existed in the movies. It's a real place. But Latvia, they got it too. They didn't get split by the Nazis and the Soviets in the beginning. Latvia was part of the places. It was one of the places in the early parts of the war. We're talking 1940 that the Soviets just came in and took over. And I don't think I need to elaborate for you how that goes. When the communists go storming into your country and decide you're going to be communist too. It was not a soft occupation when the Soviet Union decided you're now part of the Soviet Union. In fact, they flat out executed most of the military and police officers right when they came in, ensuring that you don't have anybody to defend you. But you know, you know the history of it. We've talked enough about it on the show. The love affair between Stalin and Hitler, which they always hated each other anyway. Hitler hated commies. The love affair between Stalin and Hitler was always doomed for failure because Hitler always had his eyes on the Soviet Union. He hated commies. He wanted to occupy the Soviet Union. Everything else was just a slow build up to that. There was It was inevitable. So... The Germans start storming east. Well, guess what's east of Germany? Latvia. So Germany comes storming in. They throw out the commies. The Soviet Union's on their heels. They're retreating back into Russia, trying to fight and stay alive. It's, you know, the most vicious fighting ever. We've done a bunch of shows on it. We'll do a bunch more. Don't worry if you've missed them in the past. But now Latvia finds itself occupied by the Nazis. And talk about out of the frying pan into the fire. And Germany has a a unique perspective on Latvia. And it's not going to sound unique, but hear me out. Hitler, in the beginning, Hitler and all his scumbags, they didn't necessarily start out wanting to kill every Jew. That was not the goal. They hated Jews. They were open about hating Jews, but Hitler just wanted them out of his area. He hated them. He does, he's, not, he's certainly not going to cry in his Cheerios in the morning if you kill one, 
But remember, Hitler tried mass deportation of his Jews first. And countries, <coughs> including us, were all, no, we don't want them. It's a black market on your, a black market history. It's ugly. Granted, I mean, you can make all the excuses in the world and it's somewhat fair. I mean, hey, if we'd known what he was going to do when we sent him back, we would have taken him. But the truth is, Hitler wanted him gone. He just wanted him gone. Period. Blame him for everything. But he really, when he started taking over these smaller Eastern European countries, smaller, weaker European countries, he really had a goal at this point in time of making them, and I quote, Jew-free. Completely Jew-free. And that's going to get interesting. Now let's pause in our story for a moment and go back to Latvia pre-German occupation. That's a little overview of it. But Latvia is a small country. And smaller countries especially have heroes. Let's talk about a national Latvian hero in just a second. Jesse Kelly. I'm so excited to get my new battle box. And, and look, the truth is the kids are probably more excited than I am, but I can't confirm that. That's that's definitely not a guarantee. <laughs> I love the thing. I just, you'll find yourself when you go to battlebox.com with no E and you get a subscription starting at just $30 a month, by the way. You'll find yourself looking forward to it as if you have a birthday every single month. I have never even heard of a subscription service like BattleBox. They give you outdoor gear, survivalist gear, and new gear every single month. And I should mention quality gear and instruction on how to use it. You can watch the video. You can read. Go to BattleBox.com with no E. That's BattleBox.com. Do not forget to use the promo code JESSE. Save yourself 20%. Countries have their heroes, and prior to World War II, Latvia certainly had one. And one of theirs was a man, an aviator by the name of Herberts Kukers. Herberts, well, you can look up a picture of him to this day, and ladies, make sure you're sitting down if you do. You want to talk about rugged good looks, H-E-R-B-E-R-T-S-C-U-K-U-R-S. He was a celebrity. Ladies, man, man about town. And when I say aviator, this is an age. Remember, we're still in the, I don't want to say early days of flight because we're in the 40s now, but you're a pilot back then. That's really cool. Pilot's cool today, right? Pilots don't have any problems picking up chicks. Pilot's pretty cool today. It's real cool back then. And this dude's taking long flights, doing cool stuff. They loved him. I cannot emphasize this enough. National hero in Latvia. 
Guy isn't buying many beers when he walks into the bar. And a real intellectual type, or at least tries to be, always having different meetings, reading books with people, having, he's just one of these guys. Tons of friends who are Jews, and I mean tons of them. Professors, you know, that lawyers, quit, Chris, we can make jokes. You know, he was friends with a bunch of Jews. In all seriousness, it's, it's part of the story. Russia comes storming in. He decides he's going to collaborate with the Russians. Let's just, hey, you know, let's go along to get along. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm on the Russian side now. I'm a Soviet. Proud to be one. All right. little snaky. Real, little snaky, but okay. It's, times are tough. Scary times. Not going to judge you, Herberts. Then the Germans come. And we need to pause for a moment and explain what happens when Germans would invade these Eastern European countries. When Germany would invade, they would attempt to and always succeed enlist a certain percentage of the local population to do much of their dirty work. And when I say dirty work, I mean the dirtiest of the dirty work. And to the everlasting shame of so many people in some of these countries, there were plenty of volunteers. That old statement, better to be at the right hand of the devil than in his path, it's really revealing about human nature. Nazis come storming into your town today. You're hearing stories of atrocities they've committed all over the world. They knock on your door. Hey, producer Chris, need you to come down to the office and put on an SS patch because we want you to help us hunt down some Jews around here. You know where the Jews are. We need you to come hunt down from Jews. And I know what you're saying right now. Same thing producer Chris is saying. Absolutely not. Go screw yourself. Okay, well, I'm going to shoot you and your wife and kids in the face then. Makes that decision a little more difficult, doesn't it? Not trying to excuse anybody who did any of the traitorous, horrible things, but understand that's reality. That's their reality. That's the world they're living in, period. Cookers, though, was a special kind of scumbag. And this is me telling you he's a special kind of scumbag. I'm the one who makes excuses for Genghis Khan. And this guy was a special kind of scumbag. You see, Kukers was a man, probably considered himself a survivor. Kukers knows he's in serious trouble with the Germans because Germans were not only hunting down and rounding up the Jews in Latvia, they were hunting down and rounding up all the Soviet collaborators in Latvia to make sure we can <clears throat> get rid of that particular problem. They know about Kukers, but Kukers steps up and says, Whoa, you don't, we got no problem here. I actually hate Jews too. I'll be I'll I'll do your Nazi thing. And some of the Nazi thing, the Odsense Groupie, that's the 
That was the German group responsible for purging Jews as they moved east through Russia. Part of their thing was they really wanted the local population, not just because they knew the who's who and what's what. It's because it gave them great plausible deniability. You know, you have so much separation. I didn't shoot all those Jews. Talk to the Latvians. They were the ones killing them. Never let anybody tell you the Germans, the Nazis, didn't know what they were doing was very, very wrong and would be looked at very poorly. There, There's documentation extensively. They knew throughout the war, uh, okay, we're going to kill all these Jews, but we've really got to cover this up here. They knew what would happen if the world found out. They knew they were doing evil. So Herbert's signs up. The Nazis take him in. Now, maybe, just maybe, you can excuse a man for signing up with the Nazis to try to save his life. I certainly hope I wouldn't be that man. I hope you wouldn't be that man or woman. But you can see it, right? Gun to your head. Here, gun to your kid's head. Join or die. It's, it's okay. It's at least a difficult decision. You don't necessarily have to approach the Jew killing with quite the uh, passion of Herbert's. Herbert's was not a man ashamed of what he was doing, shoulders slumped, going all over town, just kind of following orders, but doing the bare minimum, maybe sneaking out a a kid or a woman every now and then so they don't get killed. Herbert's decides he's going to go all in. Remember all those Jewish friends he had? Shows the Nazis where all of them are. Had a bunch of Jewish neighbors hiding out. Herbert's knew where they were. Showed the Nazis where they were. The the Nazis begin gathering the Jews in ghettos. Now, you hear a lot of ghetto talk when it comes to uh, World War II and the Holocaust. Just know a ghetto was simply the crappy part of town the Nazis would stash all the Jews in and put barbed wire up around it. Now, why did they do this? Well, that question gets a little interesting. They didn't always know for sure. They knew they wanted the Jews gone. They didn't know whether they were going to end up deporting them all, slaughtering them all, working them all to death as slave labor. They just knew we need to gather them all up here for whenever we decide what we're going to do with them. That's why you gather up all the Jews in a ghetto somewhere. They got their own ghetto in Latvia. Herberts was more than happy to patrol and kill. At this point in time, he takes in a Jewish woman into his home. You can read some things that call her his wife. Let's just clarify something. This woman was not his wife. Even if he called her his wife, she was forced to exist in a pretty rough world, I'll let you use your imagination, had his children and such. Very rough world. Pay the lady the respect she deserves. This is not some lady who was gushing over Herbert's. And eventually the Nazis have to make a decision. There's actually a huge argument in the German part in, in Germany at this time, what to do with the Jews as in their economy is hurting. 
and they have a huge war machine, a bunch of materials and things needed. You need bodies able to work it. And where are your all where are all your young men when you're at war? They're out fighting. Hang on. Simply Safe provides outstanding home security with no contract. Let me say that again. Simply Safe provides outstanding home security with no contract. All these home security companies, and I know because I've dealt with all of them, they lock you into long contracts. Why? Because they know they're not providing a service that you love at a great price, Simply Safe doesn't have to worry about contracts. For as little as $15 a month, they provide you professionally monitored home security. And they have everything you need. They have sensors. They have cameras. You just go to simplysafe.com slash Jesse. You pick out what you want. They mail it to you. You open the box, place the sensors, and boom, you're done. Professionally monitored home security. SimplySafe.com slash Jesse. That's SimplySafe.com slash Jesse. That gets you free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. Well, there's a debate. Do we kill all these Jews? An internal debate in, in the Nazi regime. Do we kill all these Jews we got here in Latvia? Do we work them all to death? Do we just separate the men out from the women because we want them working, kill all the men and women and children, and then work the men to death? And these are, these are conversations they had. We have communications about that. It is, it is amazing how cold that is. And I'm not somebody who's uncomfortable with death and war and things like that. It's just I understand that. It, 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 you read this stuff and your jaw drops. They were just, they were just numbers. They were treated like rats. Ah, kill them. Ah, work. No, no. Let's work them to death. Don't. It's amazing. Eventually, they decide. You know. Let's go ahead and just kill a bunch of them. And part of the reason the Nazis were so evil, I mean, it's part of the reason they're considered to be the most evil in the minds of many people, it's not their ideology. It's not just their ideology. It's not just that they killed Jews and gypsies and, and, and all these others. It's because they were good at it. It's because they were German about it, calculating, thoughtful. You're bringing in scientists and engineers to figure out the best way to do it. Chris and I have had this talk on and off the air before. If you look at the things ISIS did, they are easily on par with Nazis for most evil people in history. I would say they surpassed them, but they weren't nearly as good at it. Didn't have the money, didn't have the resources, didn't have the... They just didn't have it. A lot of a lot of this is capability. And the Germans went hunting around Latvia for the good place to kill Jews. Latvia has a bunch of marshes. 
has some open areas. And they, of course, located the perfect place to kill a bunch of Jews. It was a thick forest, so we don't need everybody looking at what we're doing. And they even tested out the soil and found it was great soil to dig mass graves. Gosh, does that not make you sick? And it was called the Rambala Massacre. They began clearing out the ghetto. And guess who was there? Organizing things, shooting people, pointing things out. Good old former friend of the Jews, Herbert Herberts. They marched these people at 18 degrees, six miles, men, women, children, pregnant people. They even tell them to bring luggage with them so they'll be less nervous because the Jews obviously knew what had happened in other places. It's called the Rambala Massacre, and I'm not going to dwell on it today because, believe it or not, it's not even about what the day's really about, but it's, it's, a, it's an ugly tale. It's exactly what you'd think. All told, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30,000 Jews, roughly, are slaughtered in, mass, in Latvia, buried in mass graves, and good old Herbert's Cougars is right there in the middle of the action directing it, participating in it personally. And here's the thing about Herbert's. Everyone knows who he is. Isn't that bizarre to think about? Think of somebody who would be nationally recognized now across the country. Somebody, anybody. Oprah. It would be on par with Oprah participating in massacres. Everybody knows who you are. And there are going to be survivors. The Soviets knew who he was. The Germans did. Everybody in Latvia did. They know who this guy is. He's a celebrity. Participates. Now, fast forward a little bit. War ends. Germany loses. And understandably, old Herbert's Kukers wants to get out of town. Because the world is finding out now about the horrors of the Holocaust and they are understandably upset and wanting to hold somebody to account for it. War crimes, trials, you know about all of them. Herberts makes his way to the Catholic Church and gets a visa to go to Brazil. Now, I am not indicting the Catholic Church. Don't call and scream at me, Catholics. 877-377-4373. 877-377-4373. He did sell them on a bill of goods. There's a lot of rumor out there about things the Catholic Church did during the war, post-war, things that are ugly. And in fact, we'll dig into that one time because you know I love just getting controversial on the show. Let's just get screamed at today. However, that's not what I'm doing here. Herberts walks into the Catholic Church. They obviously, I mean, we, by all accounts, they had no idea what he had been doing. And he tells them, um, I'm in Latvia. The Soviets have taken back over now. They're persecuting me for my Christianity. Catholic Church is powerful, wealthy. They're like, well, let me help you get out of town, Herberts. And to be clear, to be clear he did not use a false name. He gets out of town. They get him to Brazil and get this. They get him to Brazil with the Jewish woman that was his slave, for lack of a better way to put it. 
Herberts gets to Brazil, does not change his name there either, and settles down. He's, you know, still being Mr. Aviator. Now, let's set this story aside for just a brief moment and go to Israel. Israel, as you know, coming up in the ranks, starting to become a thing now. And as Israel becomes its own nation, as they try to find their footing, the Arab world hated them. Well, hates them. They have to fight these wars. They have to figure out how to handle their internal security, how to handle their external security. Their internal security, by the way, is, a, is it's called Shin Bet. Think of that like their FBI. Their external security is Mossad. That's the CIA of theirs. It's the second largest intelligence gathering agency in the world next to the CIA. Mossad is no joke. And they are working out on top of how to deal with the Palestinians, the Egyptians, the Jordanians, they're, they're trying to figure out how to deal with all these countries who hate them. Treaties here, assassinations there, figuring out how to handle their external policy. They're also wrestling with how to handle former Nazis. What to do, what not to do. It is an argument in Israel. Let's hunt them down. Let's arrest them. Let's just let's hunt them down and murder them all. No, we can't do that because Israel is they're in a delicate situation. They know lots of the world hates them and countries understandably get a little bit upset when you go marching into their borders and executing somebody there. Don't think you can do that stuff just like they do in the movies without consequence. Even with allies, Britain can't just send an assassin over here to kill somebody within our borders without getting that cleared with us first. That's going to be an issue. But they are extremely invested in hunting down these Nazis, understandably so, and bringing them to justice. I'm reading this outstanding book right now. Highly recommend you read it called Rise and Kill First. I forget who the author is. Oh, well, I just plugged his book anyway. Rise and Kill First. It's about the establishment of Israel and their, you know, their assassination programs and things like that. What was his name, Chris? Ronan Bergman, I guess, is the author's name. They have decisions to make. They're hunting down Nazis. They want some of these guys dead. And Germany, well, Germany is making some mistakes. Hang on. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen, and you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Part-time job, full-time hustle, all-time Shiro to all of us. 
You nurture, we listen. You teach, we thrive. You lift our spirits, but we've got to lay down the truth. It's time for you, our Shiro, to stretch for the stars. Start saving more for retirement now so you can feel prepared and live your life to the fullest. Get free tips to help boost your retirement savings now at aceyourretirement.org slash Shiro. A message brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. In Germany, they had an old law from the 1800s, an old statute of limitations law that also applied to murder. Post-World War II Germany was understandably wrestling with exactly how to address what they were going through. And in their defense, think about having to actually address that. Think about being discovered that your nation just committed the worst genocide in the history of mankind and was led by an antichrist. Think about what you go through as your national pride. What what does that do to your national pride? We did what now? And how much do you address it? How far do you go? Okay, say sorry. All right, well, sorry's not enough. Okay, do this. I, I don't know. It would be difficult, right? It's not like you can give six million Jews their lives back. I don't even know how many Russians. I think it's 20 million. It's something absurd. The Poles, oh, gosh, didn't get better in Poland. How, how? I sympathize is what I'm saying. I sympathize. And how long... Do you let the rest of the world come after your citizens? And I know what you're saying, but they were Nazis. You're right. They are Nazis. They were Nazis. I I get that. Yeah. But, okay, forever? So Germany's struggling with it. Israel, understandably, is highly invested in getting rid of this statue of limitations thing. And I'll tell you, it was a worldwide controversy. The world was all over Germany saying, hey, whoa, whoa, I don't want to hear a statue of limitations. And we're talking the 60s. They were in the 60s here now. That's 20 years after the, after the war's over. Mossad, Israeli leadership, decide they need to send a message. They need to send a message not just to Germany, but to the world that there are still monsters out there that need to be held accountable. They get the idea to go kill Herberts. Not arrest, go kill Herberts. So they put together this plan straight out of the spy movies. They have to figure out how to get to him. So they use, remember, Mossad is outstanding at this. They use people that you would never think they can use. They used a German-born guy, one of their agents. He was German-born, and both of his parents had been killed in the Holocaust. So he was, needless to say, uniquely invested in getting some justice. And he decides to disguise himself as a businessman, a businessman 
who will give Herberts some fame and fortune again, shows up in Brazil and makes himself Herbert's buddy. They're friends. He wants to start this travel company. However, they do have one problem. For political reasons, they do not want to kill Herbert's in Brazil. They want to kill him somewhere else. So you really have to get to know a guy. And they got to know him real well. Eventually, they lured him to Uruguay, where they led him into a house. Massage agents were waiting for him, and Herbert's never came out. In case you were wondering if Israel tried to hide this, this was the statement they sent to media outlets in South America and Germany before the body was discovered. Quote, Taking into consideration the gravity of the charge leveled against the accused, namely that he personally supervised the killing of more than 30,000 men, women, and children, and considering the extreme display of cruelty which the subject showed when carrying out his tasks, the accused, Herbert's Cookers, is hereby sentenced to death. Accused was executed by those who can never forget on the 23rd of February, 1965. His body can be found at Casa Cubertini, Calais, Colombia, Septima Seccion del Departamento del Canelones, Montevideo, Uruguay. He's dead. This is why. Here's where you can come pick up the body. That is so sweet. I'm sorry. That's really cool. I don't care who you are. That's cool. So way back to the beginning of the show, you remember the beginning of the show? Is that murder? Is that murder? Maybe hard to answer because, I mean, who roots for the Nazis, right? Who's going who's gonna to pull for old Herberts here? The truth is... There's this way of thinking out there. I'm going to be as delicate as possible here, but there's this way of thinking out there that is absurdly naive and wrong. And you know what that way of thinking is? Hang on, I'll explain. Had an outstanding night's sleep last night, thanks again to Ebb Sleep. And once you start sleeping, you realize how terrible you felt when you weren't sleeping. You can get in a fog. You can be not sleeping for so long that you just accept that's how you're supposed to feel. It's not how you're supposed to feel, and you don't have to accept it. Ebb Sleep is a wearable device, it's not pills. It's not a new mouthpiece or a new pillow. It's a wearable device. You put it on your head. It applies precise, continuous cooling to your forehead area, putting you asleep faster and keeping you asleep. 
Go get yourself an Ebb Sleep. They're letting you try it risk-free, risk-free for 60 days. Go to tryeb.com slash jesse. That's tryeb.com slash jesse. Don't forget to use the promo code jesse at checkout for 25 bucks off. I hear this all over the place. Violence is never the answer. Yes, it is. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of in my life. Of course it is. Do you know what your little son needs to do when he's being bullied in school to solve the problem? He needs to ball up his fist and smash it into somebody's face. I don't love that. That's life. That's how life works. Telling little Timmy to go tattle is going to make his life twice as worse as it twice as bad as it already was. You know how you stop Nazis? You shoot them in the face. I don't love that. That's life. Violence is never the answer. God, grow up. Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Headline. Biden says needless violence won't heal us. Let's be clear about something here. I don't like violence. I'm not encouraging violence. I've been through violence. Not a pleasant experience. But it is getting turned up right now across the country. I was thinking about this last night, and I try the best I can not to be a prisoner of the moment. That's why I do so much history stuff. It try it gives me good perspective on things. Where do we stand, Civil War excluded, on this being the most violent period of time in American history? I'm positive. I'm forgetting something. You're welcome to call and tell me what it is. 877-377-4373 or email me, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Is this the most violent period of time in American history? And it's hard to wrap your mind around that because the news media won't stop covering for all the violence. This is 
I'm not I'm not exaggerating. This is a what do you call that? A chiron, a cryon? The little words at the bottom of the screen when you watch the news at night, I forget how to say the word. It doesn't matter. A chiron. CNN had their reporter last night. He's standing there. I'm looking at a picture of it. You can see this. It's online. He's standing there at night. Behind him, you see the place is ablaze. Smoke, fire, the works. This is what it said across the bottom of the screen on CNN last night. Quote, fiery but mostly peaceful protests after a police shooting. That's not a parody. That's not that's not something I made up. It's not one of these satire sites. They're covering for what's happening across this nation. And the problem we really run into is now you've allowed this to get to a point where police and National Guard are going to have to put these things down in ways that make you and sometimes me uncomfortable. They're storming through the neighborhoods in Wisconsin. In Minnesota, police were chasing after a murder suspect who killed himself, and they're rioting and looting again. This is going to be put down in uncomfortable ways or it is going to continue to grow. And the longer you let this go and the longer you let it grow, that rhymed, Chris, no big deal, the harder it's going to be to put it down. You must put this down now. That's the bad news. If we have to find a silver lining in all this, you should find this. The Democrats are getting crushed by these riots now. The American public, because they've been so indoctrinated in government schools and because the disgusting media is so powerful, the American public was standing with Black Lives Matter after the George Floyd killing. I know you're mad about it. I was mad about it. I tried to lay out for you that it's a violent domestic terrorist group right away. Nobody wanted to listen. Everybody's listening now. You see it now, don't you? Once again, Chris, the Oracle, boom, nails it. However, have you noticed something in the last 48 hours? Democrat Presidential candidate Joe Biden, Democrat governor of Oregon, Democrat mayors across the country are now coming out vocally against all the looting and rioting they've been encouraging for the last two or three months. Do you really think these people are coming out against it now because they had a change of heart and now they care about the small business owner? Do you think they all of a sudden discovered Black Lives Matter might be a bunch of scumbags? No. What happened was the Joe Biden campaign got internal polling that showed the Democratic Party nationally, including Joe Biden, in absolute freefall 
because they are being held responsible for these riots. They have made themselves the face of street rioting. And the American people are horrified at what's happening. For the Democrat Party, all of them, to come out this loudly against rioting all of a sudden means somebody at the highest levels got on the phone and pushed the panic button. Minneapolis, you know their weenie mayor, Frey, Jacob Frey? He's this tiny little goober, this little leftist goober. He was the one getting screamed at by the Black Lives Matter activists on stage, and he's apologizing and doing all kinds of stupid things after the George Floyd killing. He's out there calling for everybody to go home, calling for help to put down the riots. But where'd that come from, Jacob Frey? I thought... I thought rioting was the language of the unheard. I heard all these I heard all these stupid sayings after it. You know what happened? Some big shot at the Democratic National Committee called Jacob Frey and said, "Stop the rioting now. It's killing us." The monster you create. And to get back to bad news, and I consider this to be bad news, We're going to see more violence before this thing ends, because even if you decided today, if every if every single Democratic governor and mayor today stepped up and decided, all right, we have to stop these, put them down. Now it's grown to such a level. It's going to be tough to put them down without somebody getting hurt. Maybe badly. And I don't want that. It was funny. People took to social media making fun of CNN for their fiery but mostly peaceful protest thing. And people people were saying things like, O.J. Simpson was mostly peaceful that day. Ted Bundy was mostly charming and sweet. Great white sharks mostly just swim around. (laughs) August 6th, 1945 was a mostly peaceful day in Hiroshima. (laughs) It's terrible. That's terrible, Chris. Don't print that off. That's, that's not, that's not funny at all. It's a little funny. Ugly state of affairs out there. All right. I have something, Chris. Wild bear that sniffed woman's hair is caught and castrated. What? An animal, a juvenile male black bear weighing 212 pounds, was caught because it considered a, uh, it was considered to pose a risk to vi- visitors in the Chipinque Ecological Park. It was a video that went viral on social media of this black bear coming up to this girl. She, I, I can't tell how old anyone is now. It might have been 20, might have been 50 for all I know. She could be 12, but who knows. The bear comes up to her, it stands up, and it's sniffing her hair and kind of pawing at her leg, and they yell, and the bear eventually takes off. Why are you going to castrate him, though? I don't know. Maybe that's just as a dude. I saw they castrated the bear, and I instantly started to cringe, Chris. Why not just kill him? He's got nothing left to live for anyway. Say a prayer tonight for Louisiana. Still going through it. Hang on. We got a lot more. 
follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly Show. Ebb Sleep will give you a good night's sleep every single night, and that is really what matters. Stop fooling yourself. Stop Stop being exhausted, working yourself to the point you can't even think, and then popping a sleeping pill, getting one night's sleep, and waking up the next day and thinking you're caught up. You are not caught up. You are tired. You're not near what you should be in life when you're not sleeping. And I'm not pointing fingers at you. I know. I've been there. I've gone through it. Ebb sleep can change that because it actually goes after the root cause of why you can't sleep. The racing thoughts. You know what I'm talking about. You lay down, you can't turn your mind off. I know. Believe me, I've been there. And Ebb Sleep is so confident in what they do, they allow you to try it risk-free for 60 nights. Go to tryeb.com slash jesse. That's tryebb.com slash jesse. Do not forget to enter the code jesse at checkout for 25 bucks off. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Like a stain on your brain, you can't get out. Chris, did I tell you the Lamborghini story from uh, my fancy trip to Aspen? Get this. So everybody, you remember my fancy fundraising trip I had to go up to for the congressional candidates to Aspen. And there's all these rich dudes up there. And for the most part, we're very, very cool. I mean, very cool. But there's there's always one guy. There's always one guy. But anyway, we're not going to go into that right now. I'm hanging out with this, with this dude. And we're just joking about some things. And he tells me, we get to talking about cars. And it turns out he owns a, a Lamborghini. Now, I don't know. I'm not a car guy. But I do know enough to know Lamborghinis are really fast and really expensive. You can probably slay with the chicks in those things, Chris. What? Anyway. The guy, he's telling me the story of how he bought it because we were complaining about the masks. And he says he walks into the Lamborghini dealership. And he didn't have a mask on. And the Lamborghini salesman comes running up to him and says, Sir, you, you need to put on a mask to come in here. It's governor's orders. And I have no idea what this Lamborghini costs. He ended up showing me a picture of it. It's got to be a lot of money. And he says to the salesman, Well, I'll tell you what. I can either put on a mask or I can buy that Lamborghini sitting over there. <laughs> and, and I said, Well, did you get it? And he said, You want to see a picture of my new Lamborghini? <laughs> Oh, gosh. Oh, we got to laugh. What are we going to do? Oh, Chris, I know you're going to find this shocking. I know you are. But one of Vladimir Putin's political opponents was poisoned. Can you? I'm not kidding. No, I know. That's what I said, too. No. You know what amazes me? And we're seeing this actually in America right now in a different way. I'll explain in a second. What amazes me is how awful or insane things eventually just become normalized in your mind because it's just that's how the human mind works. I'm sure it's how God made us so we can cope with terrible things. But everyone in the world, everybody in the world sees one of Putin's political opponents dead or something and everybody goes, oh yeah, I can see that. Everybody knows. I know you did the same thing to the radio when you just heard me say it. Oh, yeah, of course. Well, yeah. We're seeing it. You know what's sad, though? 
We're seeing it here in America with with a couple things are terrible. One, the rioting after a police shooting, the rioting that's still going on. This is a lot of rioting in several major U.S. cities. We're talking, it's got to be billions in damage by now. Has to be. It's, it's a lot of money. I know that. And most of you are numb to it. I, I, I am. There's rioting still going on. What? How did that become normal? Oh, yeah, they're still, they're still burning and looting stuff. And the coronavirus stuff. Admit it. You've already just accepted it as a way of life now. I'm, look, I'm just as guilty. I'm mad about it. I think it's absurd. But I hardly even notice the idiotic social distancing signs you have to see everywhere in the world. Right, Mask requirements here, mask requirements there. These idiot news reporters on TV standing by themselves. I saw hurricane coverage last night. Some reporter standing out by himself in the, in the hurricane with 100 mile per hour winds blowing him over with a stupid freaking mask on trying to, come on, dude, come on now. We accept things we shouldn't accept. And I know, like I said, I know it's just the way we cope. It's the way we get by. But man, we we really should not have accepted what's going on here. Kenny Smith walks off TNT, the news channel TNT set, in support of boycotting NBA players. Quote, my, right now, my head is ready to explode, like in the thought of what's going on, Kenny Smith told viewers and co-hosts Ernie Johnson, Shaquille O'Neal, and Charles Barkley. I don't know if I'm appropriate enough to say what the players are feeling and how they're feeling. I haven't talked to any player, he continues here, I haven't talked to any player, even driving here and getting into the studio, hearing calls and people talking. And for me... I I don't even know what he's trying to say. I think the biggest thing now, as a black man, as a former player, I think it's best for me to support the players and just not be here tonight. And I figure out what happens after that. And he gets up and leaves. First of all, he obviously had this planned before they got on camera. He didn't get up and walk off. Everybody talked about this beforehand. Stop with the performance theater. Just don't show up to work. One. Two. I need somebody to clarify this for me because we know some things now. We know that the guy in Kenosha, Wisconsin was a felon. He had already been tased during this confrontation with police and still was not complying with police orders and was reaching for a knife that he told the police officers he was about to go get. So just Somebody clear this up for me. He should have been allowed to get the knife. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to understand the rules. So a violent felon should be allowed to stab the police. And, and if you, and if you say something to me like, well, no, but they shouldn't shoot him. Well, they already tased him and he was still going. What? What do you want him to do? Go back and throw rocks at him? 
that's the next escalation of force. If a taser has not put you down, I have to now assume you are on something that's going to force me to use extreme measures to put you down. What does Kenny Smith and the geniuses in the NBA, what do they want the cops to do? Somebody tell me. Does anybody have an answer? And is it the position now of these black supremacists in the country? Is it the position now that black people are supposed to be allowed to commit crimes? I mean, if that's what it seems like the position is. I don't think anybody of any color should be allowed to commit crimes. I know that's crazy. But... I told you all from the beginning what this was, didn't I? I told you this had nothing to do with equality. This was a power grab, a Marxist leftist power grab, aided and abetted by the very powerful black supremacist movement in the United States of America. And everybody got mad when I said that. And boy, I don't have many people mad anymore, do I? Now you're seeing it. How absurd we've become. How absurd. Black Lives Matter activist Sean King, this is the headline, threatens to name the innocent cops as Jacob Blake's shooters. Quote, this is his quote. If you do not name the officer who brutally shot Jacob Blake on Sunday, on Sunday we will simply begin naming officers from your department who may or may not be him. That's real. That's, well, everyone knows what that is. That's a call for violence against a police officer. That's what we're making normal now? Think of the people we've enabled in this country. We're enabling that kind of behavior? My goodness, I can't believe people want to be cops anymore. I can't imagine the mentality you have to have to want to be a cop. Golly. All right, we got some other stuff. Hang on. These are crazy, uncertain financial times right now, and you have to, have to diversify. Come on. You know the old saying, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Please tell me, with 50 million people unemployed, business closures across the nation, please tell me you don't have all your money in stocks and bonds You have to have a gold IRA, and you need to get one from Gold Alliance because they have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. This is a company that has an established record of taking care of people. They will look out for you. Get some gold in your portfolio. Go to goldalliance.com slash jesse. That's goldalliance.com slash jesse. When you do that, you can actually get up to $5,000 in gold and silver coins. goldalliance.com slash jesse. 
Joining me now with the Washington Examiner and the first, Tiana Lowe. Tiana, do Democrats have some internal polling showing riots are getting less and less popular? Because I see Democrats all over the country now doing some serious backpedaling. Oh, they got the memo. A new poll out of Wisconsin, which is obviously one of the places hardest hit by the new insurgence of riots. So support for the Black Lives Matter movement and the Black Lives Matter protests in specific, in particular, over the last two months have plummeted by 20 points to now 0% net support among white voters. That is a bellwether of what is going on right now and a major boon to the Trump campaign, which crucially needs Wisconsin in order to win this election. Tiana, how much does the Democratic Party need white voters? What are the percentages? You're great at all this stuff, and I don't do any research, so I don't know. Like, I, I know they need a high percentage in the 90s of the black vote to win. How much of the white vote do they need to win? So this election will be a lot less polarized on racial lines than people think, and it will be a lot more polarized on gender lines. It's very plausible that Joe Biden does better with women than Hillary Clinton did. Um, So really, the number of white voters doesn't particularly matter. We see Joe Biden is doing really well with seniors. He's doing really, really well with women, and he's doing very well with white voters with a college degree. The question is, where does the bottom fall out? Is it that the Trump campaign manages to get their, their black support slightly into the double digits. I mean, Hispanic support, they already have about 30%. They are doing significantly better than they were doing in 2016. Um, The main question is, do you have the voters who never turn out, turn out for Trump? And that is a high possibility. There are hundreds of thousands of voters in the three states that won him 2016, um, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, who who never vote. If Trump can tap those people out because they're sick of seeing their car dealerships at homes getting burned and looted, it's possible. Tiana, you're a woman, obviously not a leftist woman, but you're a woman. Why so anti-Trump? What is the woman thing so anti-Trump? And I, I ask it for this reason. I understand, you know, the rough stuff and all that other. But right now, I would think with so much violence that Trump would look like a better option to a woman wanting, you know, a suburban housewife wanting protection. I would think Trump would be more popular now than he's been. Yeah, so I can't speak to the general socialization aspect. You know, there is the stereotype that does have a grain of truth that I think lots of women tend to think in more, not compassionate terms. But for instance, I think that they're willing to have a little less return on investment on the taxpayer dollar for a candidate that makes them feel better about their vote than men might go to the polls. And again, this is a crass generalization, but again, and the polling, there must be some grain of truth to it. I don't think the whole abortion thing plays out as much as people think, considering the percentage of American women who actually do get abortions is quite small. Um, But I mean, clearly, you know, the security moms won it for Bush. It's possible that the security moms win it for Trump. You know, in 2018, Democrats didn't win the House because of AOC and Ilhan Omar. They won because of a bunch of very, very moderate Democrats who ran successfully on the idea that Trump was a chaos candidate. 
And that was true in 2018 when he was just obsessed with this wall and when he wasn't making any progress on the border. And it was very easy for Democrats to paint themselves as the moderate return to normalcy party. Joe Biden is a return to normalcy candidate, but the rest of his party just is not in line with him. I mean, it's clear. I mean, you have MSNBC using Jenny Durkin, the Seattle mayor who let a terrorist insurgency take over public and private (laughs) space for how many weeks and commit how many murders? They have her criticizing Christy Noam, maybe one of America's best governors to come out of the coronavirus pandemic, because she said, you know, maybe the average woman doesn't want to see her local business and her local church and her local home get rioted and looted after being forcibly shut down by left-wing governors and mayors for the past half year. Tiana, I hate, as everybody knows, I despise identity politics. Oh, we have to run a woman to get women. We have to run a black dude to get black people. We have to run a Hispanic. Because it doesn't matter to me. I just want liberty. That's what I want. But am I in the severe, severe minority? I have a hard time believing both parties spend so much time pandering to this gender or this race because it doesn't matter. I think it does matter, and I'm in the minority. does have some effect. You know, I mean, again, the Trump campaign has actually been doing outreach to Hispanics and to black voters, and there is a result of that. And outreach isn't a bad thing. It's just the idea of you can turn any figurehead into the meaning that this is going to be the best candidate for women. I mean, would Hillary Clinton have been the best candidate for women? Um, the majority of the real wage growth, the first real wage growth that we've seen in a decade prior to the coronavirus pandemic, that was going to women. Uh, So this is something Republicans have to get a lot better at campaigning about. And this is something that Tiffany Trump did better than her brothers when she spoke to the RNC, pointing out results, not just focusing on this left-wing notion of we just have to pander, pander, pander. So what? The best case for Trump is the dude says stuff. It's not great, but he gets results. What's what's your overall impression of the RN, of the Republican convention versus the Democrat convention? I think the Republicans has looked a lot better, but I'm horribly biased. Oh my God! When you think about it, the Democrats have Tom Hanks and Oprah, and we have Angelina Jolie's dad and Scott Baio, and somehow the Republican production is seamless. The Democratic National Convention looked at best like public access television, and at worst like a billionaire's infomercial, and. Quite frankly, during a global pandemic where everything is canceled, I don't think voters want to see a bunch of cute Zoom videos with state governors like Stacey Abrams. I think they want a display. And like him or hate him, Trump knows how to put on a show. The Trump campaign appears to be really, really well run to me. It appears that it, it it just that's how it looks on the surface. They churn out video and good looking, well produced video, and they churn it out quickly. One, am I right? And two, who's responsible for that? So I would argue yes. I mean, people forget in 2016 a huge portion of their success. As much as we can mock Jared, Jared had an incredible digital operation, and I think that that holds true. You know, one of the things that annoys me the most about this right-wing crusade to break up big tech, we do not have a better ally in campaigning than big tech. We saw it with the RNC coverage, MSNBC, CBS, even, the, um, even you know, regular broadcast news. They all tuned out. And yet, when you go to Facebook, when you go to YouTube, the first things you saw were streams of the RNC. 
and the numbers are just gangbusters. And they aren't obviously aren't going to be fully accounted for by the media, but social media really is the friend of the Trump campaign, and they are utilizing it really successfully. How powerful is it, briefly? I mean, it was, you know, for all the talk about Russian trolls, it's not Russian trolls, it's just that the left doesn't know how to meme. I mean, even in the formal <laughs> studies of in the formal studies of how many people even saw the Russian-ran accounts in 2016, the number was a fraction of a percent compared to the views getting, that the Daily Wire gets, that Tea Party Patriots get, that Breitbart gets. I mean, it, the right is just significantly better at using the Internet. Tiana Lowe, everybody. Appreciate you very much. Thanks, Jesse. I wonder why the right is better at social media. You know what? You know what it is, Chris? It's a sense of humor thing. And you can't you can't keep one. You could have one, but if you embrace leftism all the way, I don't mean just be a democrat. Plenty of funny comics and people like that are democrats, but if you go all the way in leftism, it turns you miserable. And miserable people aren't funny. When's the last time somebody mailed you a hatchet and a flashlight? Battlebox mailed me one. And other things in my Battle Box subscription. You have got to get one of these. Talk about the ultimate gift for your husband or your father or one of your kids. This Battle Box is perfect for survivalists, outdoor guys, adventure seekers. They teach you how to survive natural disasters and provide you equipment to do so. You can watch their show, Southern Survival, and they'll open one of these things and walk you through how to use it. Or if you don't want to do that, instructions are in the box. And you don't know what's coming, and that is probably the best part of it. You have no idea. And it gets there, and it's just awesome. Go to BattleBox.com with no E. That's BattleBox.com with no E. Don't forget to use the code JESSE. That gets you 20% off. French minister defends precious right to sunbathe topless. France's interior minister has defended the precious right to sunbathe. French gendarmes? I think that's policemen, Chris. I don't I don't speak French because I love my country. French gendarmes patrolling a beach in the Mediterranean seaside town of Saint Marie La Mer. See, I'll, see the, I can speak French, though, Chris. I blah if I have to. Last week, asked a group of topless sunbathers to cover up in response to a complaint from a family, the local gendarme said in a statement on Facebook. I love how law enforcement, politicians, everybody now, they just put out whatever they have to say on social media. That's great. That, you have a problem? Oh, we'll put it on our Facebook page. Just what a weird world now. Whatever. 
It acknowledged their actions had been clumsy, but said the officers only wanted to calm the situation, insisting there had been no official order to ban topless sunbathing in the town. Their actions prompted an avalanche of criticism on social media, where users wondered if the practice was now out of bounds. Quote, out of bounds. Quote, is St. Marie la Mer now Saudi Arabia? <laughs> Wondered one user. <laughs> quote, it was wrong that the women were warned about their, quote, their clothing, said the interior minister, Gerard Darmamin. Freedom is something precious, and it is normal that officials can admit their mistakes. <sighs> I don't know how I feel about this, Chris. And this is what I mean. I'm not talking about looking at topless French women sunbathing, Chris. Gosh, I'm not saying that. I'm saying you can kind of see both sides. In France, they really are pretty free about that stuff. I mean, from what I understand, I've never been to France, but I've heard they just, just take the top off right there on the beach. And I would assume, I would hope a family visiting, which obviously they were clearly visiting, would do enough research beforehand to know what you're getting. If I ever was about to step foot on a beach with my sons in France, I would think to look it up first. Everybody knows about, you know, the nude beaches over there. They're European. <laughs> Much of degenerates. But anyway, they're, they're European. I would think to know. However, a lot of people just don't look into things. And it is kind of hilarious when you think about somebody, a couple with their kiddos sitting down. Here's a beach ball, Johnny. Whoa! Hey, hold up. Hold on, son. I'll go talk to him personally. <laughs> I quit, Chris. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about the time I got caught skinny dipping, Chris? I know, I know. L listen, it's one of those one in a million things. We're in Arizona at the time, it's where we're living. My folks had a place in Arizona that had a pool. My folks were hardly ever there. They just weren't there very often. And they would go back and forth to Montana. Montana's where they lived. It's that little place down there with a pool. I didn't have a pool. I don't have that kind of money. Didn't have any of that. And I was always campaigning. This is when I was running for Congress. Okay. I know, Chris. I know. I know. I'm right. It's getting it gets worse. I'm running for Congress. And every now and then, you just gotta go blow off some steam, relax, because it's it's you know, high pressure environment, politics, all that other stuff. And I get the idea one day that I'm going to go up there and just relax for a little while. So I go up there, take off my shoes, just relax for a little while because I was in the neighborhood. And I look out back at the pool. My parents are in Montana. I look out back at the pool and I think, man, I want to go for a swim. That looks nice. It's really hot. I don't have a swimming suit. It is broad daylight. However, they don't have neighbors that can see the pool. So don't think that I don't think that this is like something I do. Right? 
This is not something I do. But the neighbors don't have the neighbors don't have you know the neighbors can't see. So what's the risk, Chris? Before you make fun of me, what's the risk? There is no risk, in my mind. But get the timing of this. I take off all my clothes. I still am paranoid enough. I mean, there are mountain. There's a mountain right behind their house. I'm st- what if a hiker's there? I'm paranoid enough that I have a towel wrapped around my waist as I walk to the pool. Give her a little scope out. Do the old back and forth look thing. Drop the towel and blip, and I go, and I swim around. I swim around for twenty minutes. This part is important. I got in the pool at the part of the pool that's furthest away from the house. It was just that was where the convenient walkway was. I'm swimming in the pool naked as a jaybird. I'm swimming over by the part of the pool that's closest to the house. Again, away from the towel. I come out of the pool only halfway. I'm still in the pool. Okay, my waist is still underneath the water. But I come out of the pool and do that thing where you rest your arms on the side, just enjoying it for a moment. And I look, and there's somebody in the house, a woman. And I'm like, um, what? Hang on. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen, and you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Ladies and gentlemen, we have arrived in Philadelphia. Local time is 3.05 p.m. and the temperature is 67 degrees. At this time, you are now free to use your cellular devices. You know that feeling when you get to turn your phone on after the plane lands? You can have that feeling every time you drive. Make sure your cell phone is stowed away whenever you are behind the wheel. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. There's somebody in the house. They have glass doors, gigantic glass doors that lead into the house, and there's somebody in the house. She walks up to the glass door and looks at me. I know this lady. She's a realtor and a campaign supporter of mine, has donated to my congressional campaign. I am at this point in time horrified. Because she and I lock eyes, and she doesn't know I'm naked. Of course, she's going to want to come out and say hi. 
and I don't want to admit that I'm naked in the pool because that is embarrassing enough as it is. Oh, and it was noon, Chris. We're not talking midnight here. It is broad daylight. Broad daylight. So I'm thinking, I try to give her, you. everyone's going to know what I'm talking about, the wave, the, hey, good to see you, but I'm kind of busy type thing. But how am I supposed to be busy? I don't have a book in front of me. I'm in the pool. Hang on. Jesse Kelly returns next. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. I'm giving her the, hey, it's good to see you, but I'm swamped. Don't have time to talk, Wave. But when you are running for office, political people, people who care about it, they want a piece of you. And I don't mean I don't mean that kind of piece, Chris. They want they want to talk to you. People want to be around you. We've talked we've talked about this before. It, I'm very, very famous and important, as you know, Chris. But in all seriousness, as soon as you become somebody publicly known, running for office, TV, radio, whatever, athlete, rock star, whatever the case may be, movie star, anybody who's remotely in your orbit wants time with you. I don't understand that because I'm not that way, but people are that way. And when you go to political events, when you're running for office, People will try to corner you. They're so desperate to get time with you. We used to have, and let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, that local congressman, state senator, mayor, governor, the person you know has this too. I guarantee they do. We used to have a signal for my staffers to come pull me out of a conversation with a made-up excuse if I got trapped because people are either so criminally unaware or are aware and don't care. They finally got you. I got Jesse. He might be the next congressman. I'm not letting him go. Here's my seven-part invasion plan for Iran. Will you put this on your website? I'm not exaggerating. I had that conversation with someone. Or it's the, I have a book you need to read. Have you read this book? Everybody gives you a book to read. Oh, it's the absolute worst. Or they just want to give you advice. It makes them feel important. I worked on Goldwater's campaign in 1805. And I, oh gosh. Oh, by the way, if you're wondering, yes, Chris, my, my signal was, I would pull on my earlobe as if like I had an itch on my ear. I would just yank on my earlobe. 
And the problem was I ended up having to chew out my staff multiple times. They get caught up in conversations too, because if they can't get to me, oh, well, I can at least get to you know, his campaign manager. He's, I can at least, I can. and so they get caught up in conversations. They get excited about the moment. You know, you're at a party, you're at something, people want to talk to you and they're not paying attention to me. And so I'd be tearing my ear off the side of my head, wanting them to come to get me and they don't see, and I'd chew them out after. And you have to be that type of person and you have to tell them, we are not there for you. I understand it sounds bad. We're there for me. So you keep your eyes on me and be ready when I need you. You're not running. I'm running. Be ready. It was brutal. So you can imagine if people are that desperate to talk to the candidate, that desperate to talk to the politician, what would you do if you were a supporter of that politician and you find yourself alone with him when he's in the pool? There was a 0% chance that lady lady was going to let that opportunity go. And sure enough, open is the door. And out she strolls and starts walking right towards me. Now I have a decision to make, Chris. And it's a difficult decision. At this point in time, I have to choose. Is she going to come clear over to me? And she'll be standing above me and clearly will see the goods. Or is she going to stop short enough that she can't see the goods? Because my decision is, do I now tell her, please don't come any closer. I don't have any clothes on. I don't want to have to admit that to her. I don't want to have to admit that to anybody. Please stay there. I'm naked is a difficult conversation to have with a political supporter of yours. And I roll the dice and I choose not to say anything. I'm like, screw it. I, I made the right call, didn't I? I look, we're talking split, such, split second decisions here, Chris. It's life or death, baby. It's life or death. She does. She stops short. By the grace of God, she stops short. And I find out. That unbeknownst to me, my folks had called her that day because, as I said, she's a realtor and wanted to put their house up for sale. So they not only call her, they give her the location of the key they had hidden outside. My folks had no idea I was in their house. I mean, they wouldn't have cared, but they had no idea I was home in their house skinny dipping or anything else. And so she, as luck would have it, on the day my parents call her, Comes on up to the house during the 20-minute period I'm there. Walks in on me skinny dipping in my parents' pool. Ended up saying our goodbyes. Called it a day. She was never the wiser. <laughs> there you go, Chris. Don't skinny dip. I'll tell you, though. It was pretty liberating in there. What? It's pretty. Yes, it is, Chris. You don't, you've never been free unless you've been skinny dipping in a pool. You don't need, you don't know what freedom is. I've never felt like more of an American than I did in that moment. Pennsylvania governor calls for recreational cannabis legalization to boost the economy during COVID-19 pandemic. Pennsylvania governor Tom Wolf called on lawmakers to legalize 
recreational recreational cannabis. Let me see what else he's got in here. Additionally, he called on the General Assembly to track criminal justice reform policies that bring back justice for individuals convicted of marijuana-related offenses. He also su- suggested additional hazard pay for workers on the front lines of the COVID pandemic, so on and so forth. I had not considered it, Chris, which is amazing because I have such a, such a huge, high-functioning brain. I had not considered that this coronavirus thing is going to end up being a huge boost for weed legalization, but of course it is. It's a huge moneymaker. Of course it is. He's not going to be the last one that suggests this. You watch. This nation is going to become an entire nation of potheads by the time this thing's done. And look, I'm not sitting here judging you. I've, I've had some of the devil's lettuce in my life. You do you. I'm just saying it's going to be legal. And I'll tell you, we went up to Colorado. It was really weird. We went up to Colorado again for the fundraiser. People are high everywhere. They, they, I don't think they legalized it in New York City. I don't know about the law, but last time I went to New York City was six months ago, we'll call it. Maybe it might not have been that. We go up to New York City. I don't know if they legalized it, but they definitely got to a point the cops aren't busting anyone doing it. And it was weird. The entire place smelled like weed, and people were walking around on the sidewalks. I don't mean like hiding in a corner somewhere. Normal-looking business people, you know, suits and such, walking around on the sidewalks with a J in their hand, just puffing away at the whole thing. This is going to be a bit of an adjustment. This is going to be a bit of an adjustment. Smoking the wacky tobacco, Chris. Don't tell me, like, don't act like I don't know the lingo. And people are asking up there, if you, well, hey, do you want to go to, uh, you want to go to this, uh, this, this legal weed shop and get some edibles? Well, I don't know anything about edibles as far as how I grew up. I grew up and you had to smoke the stuff. Apparently they have chocolate chip cookies. They have like Sour Patch Kids. Sorry, Sour Patch Kids. Not official. I just mean like sour gummy things. They have patches that people can put on their arm. I don't know, Chris. Maybe we need to start maybe we need to start seeking out a sponsorship from a pot company. <laughs> Get it quit. All right, hang on. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen, and you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Part-time job, full-time hustle, all-time Shiro to all of us. You nurture, we listen. You teach, we thrive. You lift our spirits, but we've got to lay down the truth. It's time for you, our Shiro, to stretch for the stars. Start saving more for retirement now so you can feel prepared and live your life to the fullest. Get free tips to help boost your retirement savings now at aceyourretirement.org Shiro. A message brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.
just told producer Chris that I'm ordering tacos for the staff today. I don't like to brag about what an incredible, kind, benevolent boss I am, but man, it is a privilege to work for me. So we're getting these 79-cent tacos today, and Chris Chris ordered something different last time we ordered from this taco shop. Something different than what I ordered, which was a little insulting. I mean, pay your respects, whatever. It's fine. If you want to you eat your own food, I guess. And he keeps, he, keeps, he keeps gnawing at me to try them. And I have some sort of mental deficiency. There's something wrong. Here's what I do. And I do this with everything. Absolutely everything. If I hear a new song I like, or an old song I haven't thought about in ages, I will download the song. No, Chris, I don't wait till it's on sale. I'm not like you. I will spend the 99 cents and download the song. I will then listen to the song eight or ten times in a row until I despise it and never want to hear it again. I do this with food, too. The taco place we're ordering from today, I order from this place. Look, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed, but I told you, I'll give you honesty. I order from this place twice a week. Probably minimum, maybe three times a week. I get the exact same thing every single time. This has been going on now for three or four months. I get the same thing every single time. I know There's going to come a day I'm going to wake up and I'm going to vomit at the thought of eating another one of this kind of taco. I know. I know that day's coming because it always comes eventually. And yet I still can't seem to stop myself from ordering the same thing every single time. Am I weird? Is that weird, Chris? Chris says buy two. So you can make sure you have at least one of the one you want and then get an extra for an experiment. I understand that. I don't hate that. But here's where I, here's where I am on that. And this is honestly this is why I do it. As everybody knows, I have an unhealthy obsession with food. I know that. I've admitted it all to you all a thousand times. It's very unhealthy. Food runs my life. Don't ever be like this. I can't do anything about it. It's my, it's my vice. It's what I love. If... I order, as you said, one of the taco I like. So I get two tacos every time. If I order the one I love and the experiment, and the experiment shows up, and it's not as good or better than the one I love, it will, and I understand this is bad, it will affect my mood for hours. I will be, I will be emotionally affected by this, Chris. I'm not making that up. I... I know, and don't don't email me Jesse at jessekellyshow.com, Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Don't email me and tell me that that's sick and that's wrong and that I have something wrong mentally. I know that. I'm aware of that. However, I can't change it. I can't do anything about it. How do I try out new food? Well, let me clarify. I have no problem trying out new restaurants. Now, I have no problem trying out new restaurants specifically because 
I am probably the world's best, if not top five in the world, at ordering from a restaurant. I know what to order. I'm outstanding at it. I know that sounds like I'm bragging. You call it whatever you want. Ask friends and family. I tell them all, and I'm right every time. Just order whatever I order. It doesn't matter if I've never been there. I will find the money item on the menu, and I will put it in front of you. I'm outstanding at it. So I have no problem eating at a new restaurant if I've checked out the menu beforehand, which I always do. Pro tip, go to Yelp and look at the pictures with the menu. Pictures say a thousand words, as the old saying goes. That burger may look great on the menu. Then you look at the pictures of it, and they don't even melt the cheese. (laughs) Garbage. Not going. Anyway, that's a side note. So I have no problem trying out a new restaurant, but once I have my thing, especially if I'm starving, I can't take that chance on the meal being disappointed. And I'm not made of money over here. I can't just order, because I've had people say this to me, well, just order your normal order and then just order an extra something else. Bro, I'm not made of money. I can't order anything I want. I have no problem trying new foods. No, that's not true. That's no, that's not. You're not going to simplify it as me not wanting to try new foods. Again, I'll try new food places, but when I get something I'm on, then I'm on it. I actually had a news story I was going to try to talk about here, and somehow it went poorly. I did see this headline: BMW driver given a speeding ticket. Being given a speeding fine at 75 times the standard rate after giving the middle finger to a camera. This is in Germany's Autobahn. The 26-year-old was caught doing 81 kilometers an hour in a 70 zone in Kolmach, Bavaria. I didn't. I thought the Autobahn didn't have a speed limit, Chris. Isn't that the entire point of the Autobahn? does in some places because cities grow around it. How about that? You actually contributed something today. I had no... Well, he gives this, He gives the camera the middle finger, and it's funny. You could actually see a picture of it. Apparently, Germany, real salty about the bad manners. Where was that? In the 40s. Oh, stop. We can quit. We can make jokes about stuff. There was a guy in Arizona. This was in the Phoenix area, and you have to look this up. I'm not going to bother researching it. I just remember the story. It was hugely controversial. They were sp- they were putting in speed cameras on the highway, and people were furious about it. There was a big violation of constitutional rights argument, and they're just trying to pillage the citizens for dollars argument, all, all the standard arguments you get when it comes to that stuff, right? It was hilarious. They had a clause, and all this may have changed by now. They could not give you a ticket if they couldn't, one, clearly see your license plate, and two, clearly see your face, too, so they could match the two. The dude became famous in the Phoenix area. He put on a monkey mask and would drive. You remember this story? It was the funniest thing, and the whole state was rooting for him. He would routinely, he just racked up piles and piles of tickets, driving all over, flying, absolutely hauling around Phoenix with the monkey mask on. You can see it. Did you image search it? Oh, yeah. I think there are pictures out there. Great, One of the greatest stories ever. Everybody loves a great story like that. <laughs> 
just straight sticking it to the government. Gosh, that was great. Oh, what a stud. I think it ended up going bad for him, though. I think they ended up getting theirs in the end. I think he got a, like a huge fine or they found a loophole. Look, government, people in power, they only let you thumb your nose at them for so long. And then eventually they're going to get theirs. That's just a fact of life. I think they ended up getting him and getting him hard for something. Maybe the cops pulled him over. I forget how the story went. But this was a story that went on for, if I remember right, weeks. And the whole state, he became a statewide hero. <laughs> 37 tickets. Followed up 37 tickets. <laughs> Gosh, that's awesome. What used to suck, Chris, is they also had red light or uh, red light cameras and stopping sign cameras there. I think there were stopping sign cameras too, but definitely red light cameras. And some t- and the cameras were extra sensitive, so they would bust you for running through a yellow light. And they'd send them to the house, and the wife always got to the mail before I got to the mail, and so I'd get these phone calls. <laughs> All right, we're gonna talk to somebody from another country. Hang on. You need some gold in your portfolio. You know how long gold has been of value? Well, let's start it forever. In the recorded history of mankind, gold has had value forever. It had it. It has it. It will have it. So what better way to make sure you're not financially ruined than by getting a gold IRA from Gold Alliance? You cannot have all your money in stocks and bonds at this time. Look at what the Fed is doing. Have you seen how much they're printing? They're printing trillions with a T in unbacked currency. That story only ends one way. There are laws in economics, and we know how that ends. Go to goldalliance.com slash jesse. That's goldalliance.com slash jesse. Go there now. Diversify before it's too late. Joining me now, this is going to be really cool, is Jerome Riviere. He is a member of the European Parliament and the president of the French Identity and Democracy Group. Jerome, thank you so much for joining us. I'm going to ask you a bunch of stupid questions today that are going to make you roll your eyes because they're so dumb and amateurish, but I'm curious about stuff. Hi, Jesse. Thank you for having me on the show. Very happy to join you today. Of course, of course. Please tell me first, what is the French Identity and Democracy Group? It's at the European Parliament. We, have a, we don't have a bipartisan system. We have several groups. There is a, all of them, the socialists, the, 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 the so-called conservatives, uh, are, are joining the majority. And we are the main opposition group. It's the Identity and Democracy Group. We are 73 members of Congress. 
uh, out of uh, a little more than 700. So we, we are the fourth largest group and the first opposition group to the EU Parliament. Seven. We fight the globalists. Good, good for you. I knew we were going to get along, Jerome. Seven, <laughs> 700 people. Now, as you obviously know, we have really two main parties here in America. I have always found that to be absolutely absurd. I like it that there are a bunch of parties in other parts of the world, but here you are. You're, you're part of it. Uh, is it worse here or worse there? It is. It is sometimes complicated when you have a lot of parties because you, you need you need uh, to to be able to create majorities. Uh, but what what is what is strange here when you know from a foreign viewpoint is that in fact within the two parties you have several parties. Uh, when you, when you look at some of the Republicans, some of them would not be aligned with us in in France, uh, but some other ones would definitely be uh, with us. So. It, you, you have the you have the discussion within the two parties here. Uh, sometimes it, it makes it difficult to follow. I, I have this, this this word that I think is very funny that that you use is rhino, you know the the, the, <laughs> the Republican in name only. Yes, I, I, to, I think it's a, it's a very funny way of pointing out that you have very different type of Republicans within the Republican Party, and it must be the same thing with the Democrats. Can you explain what the European Parliament is for people who, who don't really understand how that works? Everybody obviously knows the countries of Europe, but what, what is the European Parliament? What authority do they have? What do they do? They, they, we, we, vote, we, we vote the budget of the European Union. So basically, for the one that believe in EU, and I, and I think the European Union as it is, is not a good idea. I love Europe. I love that nations can cooperate together. So, you know, I, I, I want France to work with Germany, with Italy, with UK. But the European Union itself is a dream that some people have in Europe to make a, a, a federal uh, government. And this is a dream of the globalists because their only and unique agenda is free trade, but total free trade without taking into account the interest of the people living in, uh, in uh, the European Union. This is why I've been fighting it. Basically, they, they are aligned with... Uh, the policies that have that you have had with uh, with President Clinton and President Obama, uh, which uh, enabled mass migration, and and in Europe we are suffering from a massive amount of uh, migration, and uh, and and this is all linked to to the fact that this mass migration enabled cheap labor, and the people that live in Europe then do not have work anymore. One has to know that in France, for example, the, the unemployment level is two digits, past 10%. Mm. It's huge. We, do, we don't need more migrants. Now, you are French, and I don't know that I've ever met a people in my life more proud of their nation than France. So I find it, and, and look, we talk about, I talk about history every day on the show, and French military history is incredible. I mean, it's just, it's just a long history there, and French people are proud. How did they become a globalist country? Because I'm asking the same th questions about my own. How did that happen in a place like France, where French people love France? Hey, the, 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 the key point I feel is that we have been guilted into uh, accepting the globalist agenda, and and it, it's very it's funny. I you know I, 
I, I look at the at the, the conventions because the the American election is of is of great interest to the world and especially to Europe. So I was looking at the at the Democratic convention and at the Republican convention, and what I see at the Democratic convention was very much what is what has been played in Europe all the time. It's making the people feel guilty about what is going on. And it did work for a long, long time. It did work in Europe. You feel guilty. That's why you should pay more taxes. You feel guilty. This is why you need to accept more people coming into your country. And the guilt trip did work in Europe. And with the, 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 on my side, with the, with the National Rally and Identity and Democracy Group, we, we love to play on pride because, we, as you said, we have, we, are, we have a strong history. We are proud of this history. And we believe that our nation are the place where sin can be solved. And in the United States, uh, I must say that uh, the, 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 the slogan, Make America Great Again, sounds with what we want to do in France. I want to make France great again. And I think that nations being big and proud, they can cooperate together and build a better world, not being guilty all the time. Do you think that pendulum will swing the other way? I mean, I'm praying it does here in America, Jerome. I mean, the, obviously the election of Donald Trump was a good sign for that. Are you seeing it swing the other way in France, too, or are things pretty hopeless right now? I think it's a, last time the, the head of my party was Marine Le Pen. She was a runner-up in the election against Emmanuel Macron, who is now president of France. We have built a lot of momentum since the election that was in 2017, the next election, the next cycle for the presidential election is in 2022. And I believe she will come ahead. And I think that we might win. And there is also, because things are, are, are so linked with one another, there is a domino effect. And you, know, you remember there was the Brexit. And the Brexit showed that people could decide about their fate even in Europe. So the UK left the European Union, which was a great choice of the people. Then you had the election of, uh, of, of President Trump. And I believe that if he's reelected, it is another domino, and we will be the domino of 2022 with us winning the presidential election. Best French food in the mind of you? Are we talking, I mean, in general, we're talking, and we can include drinks. Is it the wine? Is it the cheese, pastries? Is it steak? What is it? Ah, I love the wine. And, and, and I have these things for natural wine right now, with, you know, without sulfite, so it doesn't give you a headache. A headache. Um, but otherwise, the, it's, it's it's the entire adventure. France is a is 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 a is a, is a, combi- a combination of pleasure, and I hope a lot of Americans get to visit again. And I'm I'm I'm, I'm feeling bad that the Americans were banned from from traveling uh, this summer in, in in Europe and in France, especially. I, w- I want I, I want to have a, a lot of Americans come and visit Paris and and the entire country. Jerome Riviere, member of the European Parliament, thank you so much. That was awesome. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you, Jesse. Have a great day. Be good. I'm so cultured, Chris. What? I bet you didn't know about sulfur wine or sulfite. Whatever wine that doesn't give you a headache. You didn't know about that, Chris. Now I do. And we know about that because I bring French people on the show. You wouldn't know anything about that. Tag gone. This is the most cultured show in America. Maybe we should change the show from the Jesse Kelly show and just call it culture. And we'll talk about foreigners and wine and other foreign stuff, whatever that is. Shoot. Nobody could do that better than me. 
There's a new video game coming out, Call of Duty. Apparently a very popular game with the kids. It's going to have a gender-neutral character, Chris. What do you mean? I don't understand why you're confused. It must be an Air Force game. <laughs> We're getting emails about that. Don't forget, tomorrow is an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. You can email me your questions, jesse at jessekellyshow.com, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. They do not have to be political. But you email it in. If it's not stupid, I'll answer it. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. I want you to go get an ebb sleep right now. And I know what you're thinking, but Jesse, I'm still not sure yet. I I don't know. I'm not sure what to do. Listen to me. Listen. You can try an ebb sleep risk-free for 60 nights. 60 nights. That's how confident they are in this product. You don't have to take my word for it. Get one and try it yourself. When you put it on and you find those racing thoughts that go through your head calming down and you zonk out for eight hours every single night, you will do what so many other people have and you will send me an email and say, oh my goodness, you were right. This thing is incredible. It is. I will never be without one. Go to tryeb.com slash jesse. That's tryebb.com slash jesse. Do not forget to enter the code jesse at checkout for 25 bucks off. You may be wondering why I don't play a ton of audio on the show. Like, there's all this audio from the Republican National Convention, and I have this real simple philosophy when it comes to things like that. I really just want to hear me. I'm just kidding. No. I am jaded. And I don't find speeches to be that interesting. I don't get inspired when I hear them. I I look I try to watch every single one of them and try to see whatever the voter is seeing, seeing if it's effective or not. I look I try to look at speeches as dispassionately as humanly possible. And I and when I do that, sometimes it drives people on our side, crazy, because I'll watch Obama give a speech, and I'll, I'll go out publicly and say, that was very effective. In, inevitably, you'll get screamed at, he was lying the whole time. I, I, I know that. That's not what I said. That's not, that's not what I said. People aren't going to buy that. Yes, they will. Yes, they will. Stop doing this thing where you can't dispassionately 
judge your opponent, analyze your opponent. It is critical for our side to do this. It's why you hear me ask guests all the time, like I asked Tiana today. I don't care about identity politics at all. I find it to be stupid and absurd. But do other people? And I'll tell you, I think they do. Because there is no ability like relatability. In politics, in business, it's just a fact. There's no ability like relatability. That guy's like me. I like him. So if skin color, gender, religion is the most important thing to you, then I think in general, people want more of that and will relate more to that. But here's what's weird. I should say I'm what's weird. I don't care about that stuff at all. It's not as if I don't have my biases, but I am I'm a white Christian male. If I see a white Christian male running for office, that doesn't do anything for me. Is he a weenie? Where does he stand on the issues? If it's a, if it's a if it's a black Muslim woman running for office, that doesn't turn me off. Where does she stand on the issues? I don't care about about the other stuff. Am I wrong? Am I weird? That's probably really true. Chris said so many people want fast food politics. They can only identify with identity. I guess it does make life easier. You're trying to figure out who to vote for. You're not a political person. You don't tune into the Jesse Kelly show for three hours a day and then turn around and watch my TV show for an hour every night. What, Chris? Educating the masses is what I'm doing. (laughs) But yeah, you're right. Maybe that just makes life easier. Oh, so-and-so looks like me. That sounds nice. Oh, look at him on that TV commercial in a construction hat. My dad worked construction. He must be like my dad. I'm voting for him. And I'm not trying to be condescending. Not really. I mean, kind of, but not really. I'm not trying to be condescending. But I think there's got to be something to it. Both parties do it for a reason. You know what you'll hear endlessly between now and the election? The suburban mom vote. This is unpopular with suburban moms. This is popular with suburban moms. I'm talking about both sides. Trump does it all the time. Democrats do it all the time. Suburban moms, suburban mom. Why do you think they do that? They're polling all of this, and they always separate people out into groups when they poll things. Well, with black males 18 to 25, we're doing good here, but as soon as they get with black females 57 to 67, we're doing bad. And that's even worse with white, with, with white males, but, but you know, Hispanic females, that's how it's – if you sit down and listen to them discuss it, especially if you're a sensitive type, You'd be horrified. You'd be, but that's how they break things down. Maybe I'm in the minority because I don't give a crap about any of that stuff at all. I would prefer somebody just shrink the daggone government. That's all I've ever wanted. Just shrink the government. Apparently, we're never going to get that, Chris. More and more information is coming out about the guy who got shot in Wisconsin The black dude who got shot when he was getting arrested. And more and more information is coming out about the details of that uh, 17-year-old kid and killing two of those people and wounding another. 
And I will tell you, the dude who was getting arrested, the more details are coming out, are not looking great for him. And the kid, the 17-year-old kid who got arrested for killing those two guys, he's already been charged with intentional homicide or first-degree murder. I can't seem to get a straight answer on that. He's looking like he's going to get off scot-free. It just, it's what it's looking like so far. Who knows? We'll see. But I told y'all it was coming. Oh, before I forget, if you miss any part of the show, the entire show is podcasted immediately after the show on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. If you go to iTunes, subscribe and leave a five-star review and talk about how handsome I am in the comments. Hang on. We have a hurricane. Maybe you've heard. We're going to have another one after that and another one after that and another one after that. That's just part of my life living down here in Houston. So when I found out about BattleBox, I was extremely interested. And then I signed up. And now, best thing I've ever done. Yes, it's fun. Don't get me wrong. I have a blast opening up my BattleBox every single month with my kids. It always has new outdoor gear, adventure gear, survival gear but it's actually providing me with necessary equipment and, frankly, stuff I probably should have had anyway. It's not just a fun box to open with the family and then figure out how to use everything in it. We're talking things like tarps, flashlights, hatchets, things you need, things that can save your life one day. Go to BattleBox.com. That's BattleBox.com with no E. Don't forget to use the code JESSE at checkout, though. Save 20%. I'm looking forward to tomorrow's Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Do not let me down with the questions. Remember... They do not have to be political. They can be. They can be history, can be political, can be anything. All I know is this. I only know one thing. I'm going to be spectacular. At what? I'm going to be absolutely spectacular tomorrow. Say a prayer for the folks and going through that hurricane. At least it dropped to a category two. Still some people are going to be financially wiped out. And just think about that feeling Standing there, staring at your house underwater. And what if you were already hurting? I mean, most people are barely getting by right now financially. Think about staring at that house and knowing, oh, gosh, we're never moving back in here again. Gosh, that, just talk about turning your life upside down. Say a little prayer for those folks. We are going to have some fun tomorrow. That's all.
The Jesse Kelly Show. Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. These stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust. And Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE. Or go to timesharejesse.com, Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.